Hi everyone, I'm Andrew. I'm Marn. And this is the Argonauts Podcast. Every two weeks I fail to solve an ARG, and Marn tells me what I should have done instead. Yeah, this week we are talking about Lost. I am so excited to get into Lost. I'm also very excited. <laughs> I people the the deep Andrew lore. My first podcast was a, a Lost Rewatch podcast. Or, oh wow! Sorry, sorry, sorry. My like a, a Lost recap podcast that came out week to week as the show was going on. Mm-hmm. I also I said my first podcast, the first one I ever listened to, not the first one I ever did. I realize. <laughs> It sounds like I was saying that, like, I did this podcast. I did not. <laughs> I was going to say, I was like, secret Andrew Lore. Yeah, I was 13 doing a Lost Recap podcast. <laughs> Every day, my mom and I would sit at the foot. I'd sit at the foot of my mom's bed, and she would watch it, and we would watch it together. And then my mom and I would record a recap podcast where we'd talk about if we thought that, uh, if we thought about Jack or Sawyer was going to end up with Kate. <laughs> It's the best podcast I ever did. Much better than this show, which, Marn, has a hundred thousand listens. Oh, God. It really does. We did We did that. Every, we, well, we didn't do it. Everyone else did that. <laughs> we, I've set up my phone to listen to this podcast a hundred thousand times. It took a while, but we finally paid off. No, I do want to take a second off the top and just uh, thank everyone for watch or for listening to this show a hundred thousand times which is absolutely wild to me uh so thank you it means the world yeah that's a crazy number (laughs) that you guys made happen (laughs) so excited for the next two hundred thousand, where you introduce me to a new slender man series and uh uh, we get to keep talking about Hitler showing up in video games. Very excited oh, for God. it. We do need. We, we will talk about the Casey's mod ARG eventually. Now that oh, it's over. Oh boy! <laughs> All right. Well, in the meantime, before we get back to uh, inscription, what do you say we go over these uh, questions that came in about Lost? Yeah, let's do it. Hell yeah! Uh, so I think I'm going to ask these together and just kind of float them together into one big amorphous blob, which is uh, Colton writes in and says, looking back on it, how would you rate your enjoyment of the show Lost? As a follow-up, what do you think it does right? And what do you think it does wrong? I kind of just want to ask overall, Marn, what are your feelings on Lost? Um, my feelings on Lost are uh, complicated because I watched it week to week while it was airing and then in college I also like binged a bunch of it and watched it in like a month okay I I actually did the same exact thing (laughs) okay (laughs) so we're on the same page like I I think that there are things about it that work very well watching it week to week and then like everyone had that week of downtime to like theory craft and like talk to their friends about it and i think there's a lot about it that works watching the episodes back to back to back Mm -hmm. uh i do think there are some parts of certain of some seasons where it just completely falls apart though (laughs) (laughs) yeah i lost is weird because it is it's like when you look at lost and when you talk about lost i think that a lot of people talk about like television as it exists today was in a lot of ways kicked off by lost um because of how like uh serialized the show was non-episodic and like 
the way that you kind of have a mystery box style plot line is something that people keep trying to replicate as it moves into the current day. Um, and I, I feel like at the time and like, especially in like the 10 years after lost, it was like, you look at like the golden age of television, which is what people, are we still in the golden age of television or did that end? Um, but when that kicked off, people were like, yeah, this kicked off with like lost in the Sopranos were like the two big ones. People can argue about the nitty gritty, but like that's what I always remember hearing. And it's weird watching that back now because looking at Lost, the things that really stick out to me are the ways that it is like an old TV show, not a current TV show. Um, the way that like a season needs to be stretched out for 24 episodes. So I guess we're going to find some random stuff for our people to do this week. Um, it, it, there's a lot of stuff that like feels like it's held back in the past, even though it's something that like created a lot of stuff moving forward, but I still love the show, even if, and I'm, I think I'm also, anytime I talk about lost, I'm inevitably talking about like the first three seasons because the seasons after that are just kind of a clusterfuck. So yeah, <laughs> yeah that's kind of how it is with lost. I talk about the first three seasons and then I kind of forget that uh, Lapidus exists, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, so I had, when when I like started watching Lost, I jumped on it from like season three. So I think I remember seasons three and four, like the clearest. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, like f- seasons five and six are like one in my mind. Like I could not tell you I think, what goes on in them. <laughs> I think five was also the writer's strike. So there's like eight episodes uh, long. yeah. Like here, like yeah, let me look this up. Uh, season five, yeah, season five has seventeen episodes compared to the like twenty four, twenty five that all the other ones had. Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> is five the wait? Is four or five the time travel season? It's five, right? Oh, I'm I'm getting stuck. I'm getting I'm I'm getting this confused. Season four had 14 episodes. Oh, okay. Season five. Season four is... Spoiler alert for Lost, but frankly, (laughs) it's 2022. You had your chance. Uh, Season four is the season with the freighter. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Season five is the time travel one. And then season six is the finale. That's wild, because I remember season four being, like, relatively tight. Like, I don't conceptualize that as the writer's strike season. <laughs> I, I, okay, cool. Okay, this is, I was hoping that we would have more Lost conversation, but we're basically just saying that we had the same Lost experience. Because uh, uh-huh. I, I, I also jumped on, it was end of season two, into season three for me. Um, but, like, yeah, I always thought that, like, I think the Freighter season gets a bad rap. Maybe, yeah, I, maybe this is me uh, being... <laughs> retroactively being wrong about lost Mm-mm. no i'm with you i think that that season has I, I i think like season three and season four have some of the strongest writing and are like as good as lost gets and then it kind of drops off very sharply <laughs> i i don't know that i'd say that it's as good as lost gets but i do think that the freighter stuff was cool and like I don't know. To me, anytime that you're just like, we need to do something with a season, let's introduce a bunch of characters uh, mm-hmm. and then see how they fuck things up in in every continuity. That works really well for me. Um, yeah. And then like five and six. <coughs> and then five and six, you get to the point where it's like, time to wrap shit up. Um, I was thinking about this the other day with anime. Because uh, I'm, I'm reading... This is, this is a weird segue. I'll get back to it. But I'm reading My Hero Academia right now. And 
uh, stuff has been happening and I've kind of felt like it's been on the decline for a little bit. And I realize that I think it's because they've basically stopped introducing characters. We get like one new character every 30 chapters nowadays because everything's trying to wrap up. And I'm just like, you got to keep introducing new shit and new stuff. Even if you're wrapping things up, you got to like introduce new and keep things moving and flowing. You can't just like tie everything off at the end. Otherwise, it feels like the sludge at the bottom. And maybe I'm just wrong about this, but like, I don't know. I feel like at some point Lost is just like, these are the six characters we care about now. No one else matters. We will not introduce anything new. It'll all be just referencing the old stuff. And I think that's what Lost does wrong. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. And then, and then like season five gets into all like the weird, like, there's like a billion different timelines and like time travel is happening and like a lot of stuff is happening at once instead of there just being like a couple main through lines. Yes. And yeah, I, I, I will say, I also, I don't know. Cause they did a thing where it was like a crew got sent back in time and then later the crew gets sent back in time, but it was like two years later. Yeah. And the people that had been sent back before are just like, we have a life now. And it, it, part of it was just like, Oh, they've become some of the characters we've heard about in the past in mm-hmm. a way that I don't really like. But it was also like, oh, I kind of like how some of this is actually going. Uh, time to throw away Sawyer's character arc, I guess. Because <laughs> he just had a really good ending to it. Now we're just going to dredge it back up. Okay. This is not our Lost Recap <laughs> podcast. That's the one no. that we're going to start up soon. <laughs> I mean, I, I also will say, like, watching all of it together at once, like, coming out of season four, there's, like, a lot of like, cool energy of, like, oh, where's this going? Like, what's gonna happen? And they kind of squander it, and season five just drags so much. <laughs> I remember, I, I watched a uh, a YouTuber that did, like, a three-hour retrospective video about season one and about its production, and it's really interesting how shows like this get made where, like, up front, you're just kind of, like, we have an idea for a pilot and we have some ideas of where it could go. And now our job is to stretch this out for 24 episodes. And that's really hard. Like, I don't want to, and I think that like television has changed so much and the way that shows are constructed. Cause nowadays every show runs for a season of 10 episodes on Netflix. You get like eight, 10 or 12. And then like, if you're really lucky, you'll get a season two, but you probably won't. And you definitely won't get a season three. But Lost is a show that tried to do a plot line that a lot of shows kind of try to do now, but on the old network television model on a major big time network of ABC trying to like work in that structure of you know, time to make a long season of a show. And then if people, if we get good enough ratings, we'll get another season. And if we get good enough ratings, we'll get another season. And that's how the executives felt about it. But the writers were like, please let us wrap this up so that this doesn't just like keep shifting into badness. And I, I, I don't know. I think it's interesting how those kind of things work. I feel like nowadays I could write a television show. I know that's a lofty <laughs> thing, but like, if I really dedicated myself to it, I feel like I could write an outline and then like eight episodes of a thing for Netflix. I don't see myself being able to do that same thing and trying to keep like a live show that releases, you know, it, it, that like is being put on television as I'm writing it. 
I can't imagine doing that in the same way. Yeah. No, I think you're right. <laughs> I also like, well, we shouldn't get into our opinions on the series finale. Because <laughs> that's going to be a whole hour. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, well. Um, yeah, let's not get into the finale. Uh, for now, though, I think we should get into other questions that came our way. Uh, like, uh, Evan at DC says, what's the worst wig you've ever seen on a television show? And Evan, you're right. It's definitely from Lost. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the wigs in Lost are incredible. If uh, if you want if no nothing else... Um, uh, Lost had the most expensive pilot in television history. I think it might have changed recently, but like as far as I know, the most expensive one that ever happened. Uh, zero dollars of that budget went to the wigs. Yeah, Lost, and then like that one episode of Dexter where they have oh god, uh, Michael C. Hall play like Teen Dexter. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about Teen Dexter. Never mind, Lost might have been <laughs> knocked out. Yeah. <laughs> well, all right. Now that we've uh, gotten our brief lost thoughts out of the way, I'm hedging my bets a bit because there's there's a tiny part of me that feels like I will someday do a lost podcast. I just I feel like I have one in me, you know. Yeah. But time will tell. Uh, in the meantime, what do you say that we and a hundred thousand of our best friends get over into? Find eight what uh is it find eight fifteen? Yeah, it's find eight fifteen, which is the arg that ran in between I wanna say season two and season three. No, season three and season four, sorry. Okay, so uh this is an uh, this arg kicked off lost getting bad. Got it. <laughs> so so yeah, so there was Oh, wait. Wait, this is the second arg. Wait, forget everything I've said. Okay, we're going to cut this and we're going to say, <laughs> Marn, what do you say we get into the first Lost ARG? Yeah, the Lost Experience. The Lost I Experience. The, I looked at the Twitter and I was like, oh, I opened the wrong bookmark. <laughs> <laughs> what do you say we get into uh, the first of two Lost ARGs, the Lost Experience? Yeah, so uh, the Lost Experience did run. Um, when did it run? I think it ran between seasons two and three, um, or maybe during a season. Lostpedia does not have that information for me, uh, but it was the first of three that they ran. Uh, so it was the Lost Experience. Find eight fifteen. And they did like a a Dharma interactive experience thing that I uh signed up for back in the day and then just like forgot about because it was like they had an interactive website where you could take like Dharma quizzes and stuff and like interact with the organization and then like you would get emails from the actual writers of Lost and that was just all it was okay uh but this one Just, ran. hey guys hope you're still liking the show <laughs> yeah i know it's season six by now so who oh boy you got a lot of things to say to me but uh look we're trying please watch our show 
It's just every week you get an email from Damon Lindelof. It's just like, do you guys still like me? <laughs> What'd you think about the show this week, you guys? <laughs> so, okay, I know we said a lot in this finale, but look, let me let me break it down. I think that you're misunderstanding it. No, they weren't dead the whole time. It It's not a dead the whole time thing. It's a when they do... We said we wouldn't get into it. Go ahead. <laughs> Listen, I'm one of those people who gets really mad at people who joke about how they were dead the whole time. <laughs> and to be like, that's not what it was. You don't understand. You didn't watch it. I mean, it. it's not what it was. They are right. But it's, it is it is also kind of they were dead the whole time with extra steps. Not yeah. exactly, but kind of. <laughs> dead the whole time but also time travel it was the end the finale of lost was how do we write they were dead the whole time without getting severely clowned on for people being dead the whole time mm-hmm. <laughs> if you disagree with my lost takes go ahead and send those tweets uh send them right to at real papa john's uh we'll get right to you <laughs> papa john's sponsorship when <laughs> <laughs> oh boy all right, so how did the Lost Experience kick off? So the Lost Experience started in 2006. I almost said 2016. Yeah, tw- and I was like, no, that's not right. Good old 2006. <laughs> oh, back in the back in the days of 2006, <laughs> um, and it was. Um, This is a weird one because it was made in collaboration. So it was designed by the writers and producers of the actual show, but it was also developed by three different TV companies. Um, So it was developed by uh, ABC in America, uh, Seven Network in Australia, and Channel 4 in the UK. Okay. And I'm not... I'm not sure how much they had a hand in. Like, Lostpedia does not... uh, say like how much was the networks and how much was the actual writers okay so who knows um (laughs) it's just interesting to me because i don't i don't know that we've uh we've talked about like a lot of args that were that actually like had direct involvement from like tv networks on this scale gotcha okay i i remember this arg had like actual advertising and stuff for it didn't it um I believe so, yeah. There was also, like, this ARG had a lot of, like, actual, like, paraphernalia that was produced. They, like, wrote, uh, like, someone, like, ghost wrote an entire book that was published for this ARG. Okay. <laughs> that, like, that is, like, a book that exists within, like, the universe of the show, but that, like, they actually had someone write it and they, like, put it in bookstores. I think this is that one. That might have been Finding Right. Okay. This sounds... Here's my, uh, I should probably say this up front here. I sort of kind of tried to play one of these arcs. I don't remember which one. I don't remember anything about it. But I know that it is a thing that I tried to do. Yeah, I think I, um, I'm pretty sure I played the very, very, very beginning of Find 815. And I'm pretty sure... And I know for a fact that I played like the the Dharma one and like just put my email in and got the emails from it. Gotcha. Um 
I also, I was very invested in the lost fandom. And the way that it happened for me was that I like came in at the end of season two and then I just devoured the Wikipedia pages for Lost mm-hmm, Season mm-hmm, 1. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it was just yep. like, oh, there was a guy named Boone. Don't know who that is. I did the exact same thing, except I then bought the DVD box set of Season 1 and watched all of it. I never I never got to see Lost Season 1 until I did my big uh, in-college recap of the series. Like, rewatch of the show. Shit. And when I did, I was like, oh, this is the best the show's ever been. Damn. Season one is is very good. Seasons one and, and like three and four, I think, are the high points. Two is fine. Two is good. Two is a Five lot and- of the show refinding its footing. Yeah. Three is Two- like, this is where the footing is going. And then mm-hmm. the footing falls out from under them. Yep. We should probably talk about the arc. How did this thing start? <laughs> <laughs> so this started in uh, May... 2006. Uh, it started on May 3rd, 2006. Um, and it started because the, the three, uh, networks that had, um, like a hand in doing this was they all ran, uh, in universe commercials, uh, for the Hanso Foundation, which I'm gonna send you because it's very 2006. Hell yeah. God. <laughs> So it's just like a 15 second ad that they uh, were airing for the Hanzo Foundation, which is for people who haven't watched Lost. Um, first of all, I'm not sure why you're listening to this, but uh, <laughs> we're, like we're, we're about to spoil like all of Lost for you. Go <laughs> go watch Lost. <laughs> like pause this podcast. Go, go watch season one. We can't keep telling people to stop watching, listening to our show more. Actually, you know what it is? I'm pretty sure that we got to 100,000 listeners uh, because of how many times that we've told people to stop listening and then start listening again. I'm pretty sure that those count. So I bet that's what it is. Uh, we just had so many people pause our shows six times each episode to go watch a new thing. And that's why we have such inflated numbers. <laughs> I think you're right. I'm not, I'm not getting a big head about this, I promise. <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, every, everybody who doesn't want to be spoiled for all six seasons of Lost, pause, it, pause the show. You should have paused the show like 15 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> Go boot up uh, whatever streaming service Lost is on these days. Uh, Hulu. Uh, Lost. Is it really? It is. Oh, no way. Oh, it's also on uh, Prime Video. Uh, okay. Go boot, up, go boot up Hulu or Prime Video. Or uh, buy the episodes on YouTube for Do what a dollar I did. each. Do what I did. Buy them all on iTunes. <laughs> yes. I don't think I technically still have them anymore. Oh my god. Uh, go out and get the DVD box sets <laughs> of seasons one through six. <laughs> <laughs> and then come back to this podcast so we won't spoil anything for you. Gonna bring back Lost as a Quibi original. Oh God! Um, so yeah, so they so they ran these like fifteen second uh, ad spots for the Hanzo Foundation, and the Hanzo Foundation the Hanzo Foundation in the show is uh like one of is is like the company that funds the Dharma Initiative, which is. <laughs> I feel like. 
think every concept of Lost I explain is going to be like, yeah, this thing is yeah, tell me this about, thing. Yeah, tell me about it, Martin. Tell me about the Dharma Initiative. I know you know, but our audience doesn't. Um, the Dharma Initiative is a like scientific research company that has a bunch of bases around the island in Lost. Um, and they do like fucked up science fiction stuff, basically. <laughs> <laughs> um, and mostly by the time Lost starts, everyone who worked for them is dead. So don't worry about it. Right. <laughs> um, and I think at this point, uh, all people knew about the Hanto Foundation was just like they existed. Uh, cause it's like, extremely briefly mentioned a couple times in Lost uh, that they funded Dharma. Okay. But that was, like, it. And I think, like, this arg, like, was the, like, all of the deep lore for <laughs> for the Ye- Foundation. Yeah, I will say I read the name the Hanzo Foundation and I did, like, feel like I got hit in the gut. Mm-hmm. I did just have a flashback. I don't... <laughs> I'm with you. I don't remember if this was, like, in... I don't remember how much it came up in the show or if it was just in the ARG, but I do remember it being on the Wikipedia pages. So like, who yeah. knows what that means? Um, <clears throat> so yeah, so the, uh, the commercials had a phone number. Uh, when you called the phone number, you would get a message in Danish um, from uh, like a, a Danish radio station that someone had pre-recorded. Um, and then it would go to voicemail, uh, and it would start reading off the Hanzo Foundation's voicemail, and then it would cut in, uh, with someone named Persephone saying, I don't have much time, none of us do. If you want to know the truth about the Hanzo Foundation, the real story behind them, a lie pulled tight enough will always snap under the breaking strain. Use that password on the website, breaking strain. They're coming. Okay. Um, and the other, so that was, I think, the U.S. phone number, and then the other ones had, um, oh, okay, so there was, there was, like, a main menu, uh, that, that you could access, and you could also, like, type different numbers to get, um, like, different offices, uh, for people involved in the Hanzo Foundation, so, like, uh, Alvar Hanzo, who is like the president of the Hanzo Foundation, uh, you could get to his voicemail and you would get a message that said, uh, where is Alvar Hanzo? What have they done with him? Who is in charge? Uh, there was Thomas Middlework, uh, who was the senior vice president, uh, whose voicemail message said uh, he was unreachable for the next three weeks. Uh, there was Hugh McIntyre, who was the communications director, uh, who was... Uh, also away for two weeks um, and then you could actually go in and hear his messages um, and there was one that said uh, it's Thomas just got the changes good work we should go ahead and rename the accelerated remote viewing training facility as well we've got to try and put a public face on all this call me uh, and there was one that said I need to talk to you about uh, Sri Lanka it just isn't right um, and from that voicemail, uh, people also got uh, the HanzoFoundation.org website, uh, which they could visit, which hey. probably doesn't exist anymore. Hold on. Yeah, I'm looking at our document. 
A lot of these <laughs> websites don't exist. And as I'm trying to look at some other ones, it looks like we need Flash to play them. So, yeah. Unfortunately, uh, the HanzoFoundation.org no longer exists. Death of the internet. Oh, one can still view the website in all its different versions by going here. Um, it might not work, though, if it's Flash. Yeah, it looks like someone archived it, but the archive doesn't work anymore either. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at it on the uh, the Wayback Machine, and it is it's doing its best, but I do think there's a lot of Flash in this because it was made in the early aughts. Yeah. Oh, there's a the the wiki has screen caps of everything though, which is nice. Good. This Jupe's is a corner. very. This is an extremely 2006 looking website. <laughs> incredible. Yeah, incredibly. We'll include some screenshots in the in the uh, show notes. <laughs> yeah. Uh. So so they found that uh, they could also access the um the voicemail of uh. Peter Thompson, who is a vice president and secretary of the Hanzo Foundation, uh, who had a self-recorded message uh, that said, as chief legal officer, I wish to remind those who make threats against me and my colleagues that these acts are criminal. Make no mistake that we will locate and prosecute you to the fullest extent of the law. Uh, his voice also said, if this is regarding the inquiry into the Korean offshore project, we regretfully decline to comment. Okay. Um, so, and then those voicemails were, uh, were up for a very, very limited amount of time. And then the, uh, the line actually closed. Um, and if you tried to call it past a certain time, you would just get a, uh, a voicemail that just redirected you to the website. Okay. Um, and said, due to unforeseen circumstances, the line has been closed. Um, so the uh, so the commercials ran. People got access to this phone line. They could access like all of these different uh, voicemails. They got this message from someone named Persephone, and then it like very abruptly closed and was like, "Go to our website. This line is shut down." <laughs> okay. Uh, and on the website, they could read uh, executive bios. They had a mission statement. Uh, so the Hanzo Foundation stands as the vanguard of social and scientific research for the advancement of the human race. For 40 years, the foundation has offered grants to worthy experiments seeking to promote world peace through improved health, prevention, vitality, and longevity. Okay. Uh, they also had six active products. Uh, the Mathematical Forecasting Initiative, um, which... Uh, to quote the website, uses cutting-edge theory to anticipate the twists and turns of humanity's story. By understanding and modeling the mathematic probability of seismic human events, the, the Hanzo Foundation can illuminate the path ahead and provide a true roadmap to the betterment of humanity. It's very funny to hear science fiction stuff that people are just like putting in as like winky, nudgy science fiction <laughs> style things. And then I read yeah. them and I'm just like, that's algorithms. Yeah. We have that. It's all existent. It exists to tell me that I should buy lamps and that I should watch YouTube videos about Dark Souls. <laughs> we have that now. Uh, there was also the Worldwide Wellness and Prevention Development Program, uh, which was an educational initiative designed to teach the basics of sanitation, nutrition, and disease prevention. That's probably for the best. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, there's also the Hanzo Foundation's Mental Health Appeal. Goody, I'm sure this aged great. S shockingly? 
Oh no, never mind. I read like the first sentence and I was like, oh, this is, this is all right. <laughs> oh, I read the first God. sentence, which is like, the mentally ill must be given every opportunity to heal, but to re- but also to realize the potential robbed of them by their sickness. And I was like, that's not terrible. And I read the end. <laughs> it's like, we're advocating for the complete eradication of all mental illness by the end of the century. Cool. You oh, love to hear boy. it. <laughs> love to hear it. Uh, there's also the Electromagnetic Research Initiative, uh, which uh, just researches the various effects of electromagnetism. There was the Institute for Genomic Advancement, uh, which is the extension of the Human Genome Project, and the Life Extension Project, uh, which was exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> there was also Jupe's Corner. <laughs> which is a section of the website dedicated to their 105-year-old orangutan, Jupe. That's a good orangutan. Who, who was the subject of the Life Extension Project. I was going to say, that's that's how uh, that's how old orangutan should be. Yeah. I love Jupe. Good old Jupe. Jupe. <laughs> um, there's also a newsletter where you could uh, leave your email to sign up for their newsletter. Uh, there was a web. There was a page where you could watch the TV ad, um, and they had a uh, RSS feed that you could subscribe to for <laughs> to get website updates. Hell yeah! Um, oh, there's a there's trivia. It's not healthy, Thanks, but there's a lot of times when I like look at stuff like this, and I'm like, God, I remember back when the internet was cooler. Back when, like, yeah. Google Feed existed, you could just subscribe to... R- you can still subscribe to RSS feeds, but, like, when that mattered, when when enough websites were made to follow that, that it made sense to do so, instead of just a Twitter feed. Yeah. Kids, when I was your age, the internet was a lot different. Uh, that's, that's all I got. <laughs> uh, there was also... Apparently, according to this, the trivia section on Lostpedia, which I'm using for uh, for all of the ARG resources, uh, there was hidden text under uh, one of the links that was in uh, Caesar Cipher that translated to, This is not your fault. As you once shouted at the top of your lungs, we've all got blood on our hands. I just hope my friend is resting easy. Where are you? I'll need you to meet me in Norway. Cool. Um, and there were also some hidden stuff... Uh, there are also some hidden messages from uh, Persephone around the site. Um, so on May 3rd specifically, uh, when you signed up for the newsletter, um, if you put in the code breaking strain from the phone line, from her phone message, um, that would basically allow you to see all of the other stuff on the site that that like was secret. Um, and you couldn't see any of the the secret stuff on the site unless you uh, unless you put that in first. Okay. It was like a secret like password you had to put in. Gotcha. Um, then uh, when you went to Jupe's corner, um, <laughs> you could open uh, a secret uh, document that says um, do. 
It was a message from the uh, Global Welfare Consortium Executive Committee to uh, the Center for Disease Control uh, about the Hanzo Life Extension Project that said... Please consider this a formal apology for the heated and alarmist tone of our previous correspondence, as well as a formal request for the withdrawal of former Director General Jacques Milot's request for an intervention into the affairs of the Hansa Foundation. In the time since Monsieur Milot's letter, GWC's inspection team has been welcomed with open arms into the Hansa Foundation's, sorry, this is a blurry screen cap, experimental (laughs) station in Zanzibar. Our thorough examination of the station has made it clear that the benign, non-invasive research being conducted there could not have possibly resulted in the outbreak of a transgenic virus. Because we appreciate the CDC's willingness to intervene when lives are at stake, the last thing we want is to abuse our close relationship with your organization, or sound alarms before the need is absolutely clear. Once again, please accept our apologies and our appreciation of your diligent responses to our correspondence. Peter Thompson, Acting Director General. Okay. Uh, and Persephone added a message that said, The Hanzo Foundation setting world speed records for subverting authority. Oh, they're speedrunners. Cool. <laughs> um... And uh, the Hanzo Foundation accidentally released a virus. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Persephone clarified that uh, the uh, Hanzo group Zanzibar was responsible for a virus outbreak in Tanzania. Um, and the Global Welfare Consortium uh, had lodged a complaint about it. But Peter Thompson was then... Uh, installed as the head of the global welfare consortium um and peter thompson is also like a a hanzo executive um and so they they basically like installed him at the global welfare consortium so he could be like everything's fine don't worry about it (laughs) (laughs) we definitely didn't release a new strain of a disease yeah everything's chill uh y'all love diseases right (laughs) And so that was like the the trailhead of this arg. It was the um the commercial which then led to the phone line which then led to this website that had like a bunch of secret stuff hidden on it that you could only see if you put in uh the password. Cool. Yeah. Um and then the I next miss, thing it happened I miss I miss an old school ARG like this. Oh man, this Yeah. It's just, there's something mwah, just kind of simple about it, you know? The kind of simplicity that it takes, like, two executives sign off and an entire uh, crew over at ABC to put together. You know what I mean? In a weird way. That kind of, like, corporate simplicity. Hell yeah. So Andrew um, Sherman, so- <laughs> noted fan of corporations. Go ahead, Martin. <laughs> noted fan of corporate advertising ARGs. Uh-huh. I, I do, I will say, I do miss when, like promotional ARGs were allowed to like be very sprawling and weird and like not have a lot to do with the thing that they were actively promoting. Yeah. When like you could advertise a show by telling me that a character nowadays, you probably couldn't tell me that a character launched a virus, but you know what I mean? Just like, yeah, we're just going to go a little (laughs) weird with it. Yeah. More, more weird ARGs to market things again you heard, more viruses you heard it from marn first <laughs> more 
more args where the subjects of your arg accidentally release a new virus. <laughs> <sighs> All right, so we have our we have our uh, uh, trailhead. Where do we go from here? So May fourth, the very next day, we gave it um, away. <laughs> a uh, fake interview went up on uh, the Barnes and Noble Borders and Amazon websites. Hell yeah! <laughs> oh, it's real corporate synergy. Yeah, <laughs> I I really do miss when corporations were just allowed to do this. Just like put fake bullshit up. Corporations <laughs> should be allowed to do more. Hi, I'm Martin Silverman. I don't know. <laughs> I I just miss with like corporations would like do bullshit like putting side characters from their shows on like real websites and be like, hey, this is a thing that we're doing. Everyone shut up if you don't like it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. No, I know what you mean. Um, so yeah, so uh the interview is with uh a fictional author who in the show is one of <laughs> People who have watched this show will know exactly who I'm talking about when I say that he is the man in the first episode who gets sucked into the turbine of the plane. What? <laughs> yeah. Jet engine turbine guy's a dude? He is a real character. Hell yeah. They gave him lore specifically for this ARG. Hell yes. <laughs> His name is Gary Troop. His name is Gary Troop. Uh, and they all I publish think, this. Hold on. <laughs> this, I'm on Gary Troop's Wikipedia site. I know this is a rabbit hole. The first sentence is Gary Troop is a middle section survivor of Oceanic Flight of 815. Was mm-hmm. he? Well. Do we consider Gary Troop to be a survivor of Flight 815? Extremely briefly. (laughs) A man who I will remind you, we both referred to as Jet Turbine Guy. Yep. Okay. Oh, man. Um, (laughs) So, yeah. So, yeah, so the, the interview was a show called Book Talk. Uh, in which he was being interviewed. It was a nine-part interview. Oh, all of these clips are only, like, a minute long, I see. I just, for some reason, thought they were going to be longer. <laughs> um, He talks about uh, his book, The Valenzetti Equation, uh, and they also mention his book, Bad Twin. Um, and they only released the, per- the first three parts of this interview in, like, very short clips. Hmm. Um, and they talk in it a little bit about the Hanzo Foundation. Um, sorry, I was like transfixed by this fake interviewer. <laughs> no, you're good. Uh, I'm gonna tell you something. Uh, Gary Troop's name is on Jack's is on Gary Troop's name is written on the wall of Jacob's cave. <laughs> Gary Troop, noted author and jet turbine get sucker inner man, was a candidate to re-become the big bad of the show. Cool. Yeah. Good to know. 
god. Oh boy. So <laughs> So he talks about so they talk about uh he's the author of this book called Bad Twin. Um he also talks about that he has written um a book called The Valenzetti Equation about this um controversial uh math equation that has something to do with the Hanzo Foundation. Um, and it is impossible to find, uh, copies of. And he kind of alludes to the fact in this, like, last video that gets cut off that the Hanzo Foundation has, like, made it very, like, impossible to find. Okay. Um, and so that was all of the information that they got, basically. (laughs) <laughs> with these uh but they were called like part uh they were just this just called like parts one two and three um and so people are like oh there's probably gonna be more of these eventually it is absolutely bonkers that they posted these on a bunch of like real ass bookseller sites and we're like here's this totally real author interview just like with without like on barnesandnoble.com yeah without like guiding people to that in any way that i that i could see i do want i wonder if they like i feel like they're i i what am i trying to say i do wonder with um the way that we see these games archived i do kind of wonder if there's any like nudging we don't see like, did someone on an unfiction get an email or get an email saying like, hey, you should check Barnes and Noble? Or did like, was there a press release that went out to something like that? You know what I mean? I, I just got I kind of wonder if there's any of that that gets left out in the official retelling. Yeah, I was also thinking that because I was like, how the fuck would you would people have found this otherwise? Yeah, I have <laughs> no idea. Or I don't know. This is 2006. Maybe the Internet's unpolluted to the point that you can google hanzo foundation and that interview pops up because barnes and noble borders and amazon are like notable enough that it'll pop up in a google search yeah i don't know i mean i know that they like they show the book bad twin on the show at least once um but i'm not sure if people could have gotten from there to like let's go to barnesandnoble.com and see if this book is real (laughs) yeah i it's weird um so yeah so he he also talks about his book bad twin uh which is a book about a private investigator uh who is hired by a rich man to hunt down his evil twin okay um, and this, by the way, is the is the real book I was talking about. It was it like it was released. You can read it. Is it any good? I think you. I don't know. I've never read it. I think you probably <laughs> have to find it on eBay these days. Probably. It's you know um, we we talk about uh you know corporate podcasts and budgets and stuff like this, but they published a book for an really ARG did. ad campaign. You know, like wild. They paid someone to write a whole book. Yeah, and then worked through uh, printing and distributing and getting it into the three major uh, book distributors in America at the time. Like, Jesus Christ. (laughs) 
insane. Um, and the the book itself, I we'll we'll get into this. Uh, the book itself is like metafictional and like has characters who are both fictional in the universe of Lost and also characters who are real in the universe of Lost. Oh, good. Wouldn't want that to get confusing. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. <laughs> Um, and so then on um, May 5th, uh, the Hansa Foundation released a, uh, a press release written by Hugh McIntyre, who is their communications director, um, that said, it's probably not going to let me download this PDF. Well, I can't tell you what it said because it won't let me. <laughs> it won't let me download this video. It says regarding the hacking of the Hanzo Foundation, um, and if you highlighted all of the text, uh, it uh, revealed a hidden link to Persephone.thehanzofoundation.org, um, and listed a series of numbers that turned out to be ASCII code um, that then turned. Um, turned out to be um, a weird ROT cipher where only the vowels rotated down three um, and then it became and then like the whole sentence became regular ROT 13 and then you had to reverse all of like the the whole sentence oh boy And so the final message was, log in at THF.org, May 1st, or May 1. This is safe for now. Um, It is believed that the date of this code may be a mistake or not decoded correctly. This is because the date was before the lost experience began. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, People then... God, could you uh, imagine if Lost started getting into time travel? That'd be silly. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that would be so silly. Um, and so people are like, well, when are we supposed to log in? Because we can't, we can't go back to May 1st in real life. Um, and then the string of letters the next day on May 7th was changed to a different code uh, that was decimal to ASCII and then uh, ASCII to more cipher, uh, which was a anagram that decoded to um, either <laughs> people weren't sure what the what the first part of the uh, of the anagram was. It was either okay. uh, who is running this place or sign in with Hanzo PR clue. <laughs> How do you get those mixed up? <laughs> how, how do you say it's one of those two things? There are actually more on here, but they're, like, clearly not the answer. How? Are people just, like, spirit finding? Like, they get downing rods and they're just like, I bet it says this. (laughs) I guess. Well, because it was an anagram, so they were like, oh, it could be, like, these words or these words or these words. (laughs) Oh, okay. Right. Okay. 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 Um, But then the last uh, sentence was... Eight, not one and six. So people are like, oh, okay, May 8th. <laughs> that's that's the important thing. <laughs> Can you imagine writing up an anagram puzzle and then the player's getting it so wrong, but also like relatively thematically similar to where you're just like, well, 
I didn't plan on that one being in there. Yeah. So yeah, so then on May 8th, um, they found a message from Persephone on uh, the executive bios section of the Hanzo Foundation website. Uh, it was under um, Alvar Hanzo's bio. Okay. Um, and the date below the photo he had on his bio um, became a hyperlink. Uh, and if you clicked it, a message from Persephone popped up that said, the date is circled several times. Notice the grainy faraway picture. It doesn't match anyone else. Um, and then if you clicked it, it would zoom into a satellite view of uh, of Europe and it showed a bunch of flight paths. Um, each one ended at like a different European city and had a date. Um, and uh, it was basically like Persephone's research into like the times and places that Alvar Hanso had been sighted like conclusively in person. Um, okay. And it once that ended, uh, a little message came up that said, Persephone, this is the last record I found of any public appearance of Alvar Hanso. The man hasn't been seen in public since 2002. Is he hiding? Who is running this place? Alvar Hanso was never there. I hope I'm not uh, setting up for a joke that's going to pay off down the line, but I'm glad that this ARG isn't like, do you know that the Hanzo Corporation crashed a plane before? <laughs> Like you know what I mean that it's not just a game tracking all of the different planes at the Hanzo location. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm glad that they're going in a a different direction with their bad company stuff. Uh-huh. Um and there is also a little bit of Morse code in the background uh, that translated to safe G. Okay. And then on May 9th, uh the Hanzo Foundation started publishing newspaper ads. In real life. Cool. Uh, they were published in the Chicago Tribune, the Washington Post, and the New York Times, among other uh, newspapers. And the ad said, A message from Hugh McIntyre, Director of Communications at the Hanzo Foundation. Don't believe bad twin. For over 30 years, the Hanzo Foundation has stood for compassion and innovation. But today, our reputation has been attacked in the novel Bad Twin, written by Gary Troop and published by Hyperion Books. Throughout the pages of Bad Twin, readers have found numerous passages featuring misinformation about the Hanzo Foundation and its partners. The Hanzo Foundation strongly objects to the book Bad Twin and encourages readers to make up their own minds. The truth about the Hanzo Foundation is available at thehanzofoundation.org and not on the pages of Gary Troop's Bad Twin. Experience it for yourself. Thank you and namaste. Don't listen to lies about Andrew Sherman. Uh, the real truth about Andrew Sherman can be found at twitter.com slash co-host Sherms. Uh, that's where you're going to find the real information. Don't believe anything else from anywhere else. Can you imagine uh, not knowing what any of this is about and just like reading this without context in the fucking newspaper (laughs) (laughs) like like this company took an ad out to tell you not to read a book yeah this is one of those things that gives me mixed feelings because i'm just like it's cool that you can do all this then there's another part of me like the other the devil on my shoulders like it's kind of fucked up that a company can do all this yeah, I miss when companies would just, like, invest millions of dollars into an arc that, like, 
200 people at most played. <laughs> yeah, I would, if, if you, actually someone, we did get someone in our Twitter that like worked on the thing and they did say to reach out with any questions, but my problem is that all my questions are just like, what is assuredly classified confidential business information where I'm just like, how much did you all spend on this? What did you think was going to happen? How many people did like go to these sites and play this game? Like, do you think it worked? Do you think that anyone that wasn't watching lost before is watching lost now because of this? Yeah, that's my thing. Like I can see that I, I can see a lot of people who were already watching Lost being very into this because, like, the Lost community was very intense about, like, theory crafting and, like, getting Mm -hmm. very deep lore. But, like, I can absolutely not see this pulling in anyone who wasn't already watching Lost. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, Maybe this is them just saying, like, in case you haven't heard, we got a pretty fucked up show. But it's also like one of the biggest shows on television, too. So it's not like, I don't know, who is hearing about Lost through this that is not hearing anything about the show through, like, the television, you know? I don't know. This is all cool. I just, and this is, I I don't know. This is, I'm on one hand being like, people should hire me to help them make ARGs. And then they're having me. It's just like, ARGs are worthless. But like, I don't know. Please. Yeah, like, I... It always is, like, weird to me when, like, TV shows and movies do args like this that get into, like, very deep lore. Like, I like it, but it's really weird because it's, like, who is going to play this that isn't already, like, buying into your thing? Mm-hmm. Like, and, like, I guess that worked for, like, the Cloverfield arg and and whatever else, but, like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like. I don't know, but I like it. <laughs> Yeah, like, keep doing it. It's good. But who who is the intended audience of this? (laughs) Like, at least for, like, the Dark Knight and stuff, it's like, the buy-in is very low because everybody knows who Batman is. (laughs) Right, yeah, exactly. (laughs) No one's... This is like... This is like you're advertising loss, but none of the main characters are there. <laughs> because they're all stuck on a fucking island. The main character of our ARG is the... Let me check my notes here. Uh, the guy that got sucked into a turbine in episode one. Yep. All right. So, they, so they've so they printed an ad in the paper of record. What comes next? Yeah, so uh, they also found there's also a new uh, page of the Hansa website uh, found that had a very. Are there. Are there screen caps of this? No, there aren't. Uh, they found a sub page uh, that every 15th and 42nd minute of the hour, uh, the clock on the Hanzo Foundation website read obey instead of the time. And if you clicked it, uh, it, oh boy, it sent you to a different marketing campaign. Ooh. <laughs> Andrew, do you remember that 2016 was also or 2006 was also the exact time that Sprite was doing a really weird ad campaign. Subliminal. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. 
I'm mad that I pulled that out of my brain. Yes, I do remember subliminal, which I guess it worked. Uh, it sent you to the Sprite website? It did. It surely sent you to the subliminal website. <laughs> Why? Well, because it was... Uh... It it was related it's, to the ARG. Is it Lost Rebirth? Like, is it a ad campaign with Lost for Sprite? Yes and no. Okay. <laughs> so it was tied to the Lost experience, and it was also part of the Sprite marketing campaign. It is, like, insane to me to think that we have listeners who don't remember this, who, like, we're not old enough yeah, we like, got our we got our Gen have... Z people out there. Subliminal <laughs> was a ad campaign that Sprite launched around this time, I guess. That was like this is sub it's subliminal, but with sub like L I M E, like it's, it's actually lime. It was actually L Y M. Oh, oh, they were doing some like was it like l y m o n cuz they were just like it's lemon and lime it's lemon yeah. and also subliminal messages yeah that's right um and then they yeah they did this thing and then like it was a ad campaign that was just like we're just going to show like the bid is we're going to show subliminal messages to get you to buy sprite right yeah it was like it, it was, like, commercials that had really, really, like, fast cuts in them of, like, Sprite-related stuff. Um, and they were very bad to look at. Yes. <laughs> I've linked you to the Cursed Commercials page. Yeah, I'm watching their elevator commercial right now. We'll include a subliminal ad in the show note. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, this is on the Cursed Commercials wiki, uh, which apparently exists, and they have synopsis and why it's cursed. And why it's cursed is the commercial, like many other commercials for the subliminal campaign, are filled with random and unnecessary effects and things. I mean, they're not wrong. That's it. That's why it's cursed. It's also Um, for Sprite. (laughs) Yeah, so this was like Sprite's big ad campaign in like 2006. Right, and so Lost is just like, that's ours now? I, I guess they, like, did a partnership with them. Um, and so if you went on the Subliminal website, which was linked on the Hanzo Foundation, right. uh, every 15th and 42nd minute of the hour, God, um, you would get a page with six monitors, um, and if you clicked them in the order of the Lost numbers, so, like... You had to click the first one four times, and then the second one eight times, and so on and so forth. Um, They would all disappear, um, and then a new, bigger monitor uh, would appear, and it would say, subliminal message unlocked. I've always been a big believer in uh, the bigger monitor theory. Uh, uh, And it would take you back to the Hanzo Foundation page, um, where you could find a new text box on the um, the staff bios page uh, that when you entered it, it uh, it got you a message from Persephone, which was a video of a woman in a hospital gown uh, standing in a doorway with the time and date uh, 
the date said five four o six. It also had Persephone reading uh, reading off uh, sentences as they appeared on screen, which said. Uh, Caltech has no record of that guy in their alumni database. He's never made a tuition payment. Does he even have a college degree? Why does he call himself a doctor? Of what? Who is this clown? So um, I'm, and then <laughs> I'm listening to this and I was thinking, what if it was a different kid on the plane that was just like a college student or a kid that was on the run after he didn't actually enroll in college, even though he told his parents he did. <laughs> and then I thought, what if the lost ARG plotline was just that there's like a separate group of 20 survivors that are all the same kind of interconnected way as the people that did survive the plane crash. It's just that like this group just like happened to die in the plane crash. So they all didn't get to figure it out and live out their dreams on an Island. Oh my God. Uh, there were also uh, hidden uh, letters on the bios page that said Gary troop knows too much and he must be scienced. Silence. Sorry. <laughs> Got to silence this motherfucker. <laughs> Hit him with a laser beam. Okay. Uh, the trivia section of this page also says Lyman and Obey are registered trademarks of Sprite. Wasn't there a thing like Obey Your Thirst for a while? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I it sounds it right. It oh boy. So we've got a Sprite time now. That's. <laughs> Delightful. Goody. My favorite soda. <laughs> um, uh, the next day, on May 10th, uh, Hyperion Books published a statement about Bad Twin. Uh, said, we have received many calls and emails asking about the recent advertising campaign done by the Hanzo Foundation about our publication of Bad Twin. While we can't respond to you individually on this matter, please know that this issue is of great concern to us, and we are investigating what actions we should or shouldn't take in relation to this complaint. Meanwhile, thank you for your attention and consideration. Uh, and people then found um, a bunch of websites with information related to Gary Troop. Okay. Um, there was, um, GaryTroop.net, um, he also had, like, an author bio page on, uh, Hyperion Books, um, and there was, I believe, a website for Bad Twin. Okay. Do, uh, which was just, like, promotional stuff related to the book. Do you have screen caps? Lostpedia, maybe not. I'm gonna assume it was just promotional uh, stuff because Lostpedia does not have screen caps of any of it. <laughs> yeah, I'm seeing like press releases and stuff like that. It looks like they're just like yeah. pretty, you know, pretty general. The, the yeah, I don't know how to describe. It. it is a longer version of the thing that we said it did in summary. So you know. <laughs> So then on uh, May 12th, the Hansa Foundation published their own press release about Bad Twin, uh, which was just a uh, sort of... So they published a mini press release and a full press release. The mini one basically was like, hey, don't believe this book. Like, we're doing altruistic work and all readers should uh, make make up their own minds about the information that's in the book. Now... Uh, Bad Twin is a fiction book, right? Correct. So these guys are mad that, like, someone published a novel that portrays them in a bad light. Yes. Not, like, an expose or a nonfiction book. 
and they're not instead of just being like yeah we'll just sue you for defamation they're just like time to tell the new york times to tell people not to buy this book correct like if i wrote a book about shmamazon jeff bezos isn't gonna call up the washington post and be like we need to put this on the front page you know what i mean like It is very funny that, like, in universe, this guy was like, oh, I could definitely get away with, like, making this real, quote-unquote, real company a villain in my book, and I, like, won't change their name or anything. Yeah, it's just, like, I'm just gonna, like, write a novel, and the novel will also include the complete uncensored history of the Coca-Cola and Ford companies. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. And then the company's response to that was to run a bunch of newspaper ads. <laughs> exactly. Saying, don't buy this don't book. Don't buy this book that you've never heard of, but now that you have, you should know it's bad. <laughs> Honestly, if a company did that, I would just assume it was viral marketing for that book. Right, exactly. <laughs> That's, it's the reverse Streisand effect. They're gonna be they. They're just like, oh, what a fucking stupid corporate stunt this is. Now I'm definitely not gonna buy that book because it would make Amazon secret happy. Everyone in this game is playing fourth dimensional chess, and none of them are Charles Widmore. (laughs) Yeah. Um. So they released a a longer press release. I was basically like, hey, we're a cool company, uh, but this. This book has misinformation about us and our partners. If you read it, you should make up your own mind and then read read our website and and think about how cool we are. Um, Just a pro and- tip. Anytime a company says you should make up your own mind about this, they're in the wrong. Uh-huh. No company ever <laughs> wants you to think for yourself unless it's to arrive at the wrong conclusion about evidence about how shitty they are. <laughs> you should look at your own facts and come to your own conclusions. It's what Starbucks says about unions. It's what Amazon says about unions. I'm sure it's what for the Ford Motor Company says about the or It's what Edison says about the fact that he electrocuted an elephant. Like everyone is just like, come to your own conclusions parentheses the conclusion is that we're good oh boy um and then people looked in like the parent directory of the file that they were given on the hanzo foundation site for the press release (laughs) they found a secret letter uh from robert miller or uh to Robert Miller, who is the president of Hyperion Books, that said, Dear Mr. Miller, on behalf of all, uh, on behalf of all of our Hanzo and the board of directors at the Hanzo Foundation, I am writing today to demand that Hyperion Books immediately cease selling Gary Troop's Mad Twin, a publication rife with inaccuracies and false accusations about the Hanzo Foundation and its reputable partners. <laughs> okay. Um, and it was just a, a letter from uh, Hugh McIntyre, who is the Hanzo Foundation's Director of Communications, being like, hey, you better not publish this fucking book. That they just like <laughs> left in the parent directory of their site. <laughs> um, and people found that uh, if they emailed Hugh McIntyre uh, from the email address that he had listed on the site... Um, and you like sent a fully like in in universe like in game 
uh, message, you would get a response. Okay. Uh, and they also, Persephone also uh, put a email address for herself up on the site where people could contact her. And then on May 16th, um, they found, the players found a URL hidden in the source code of the Hanzo Foundation. Uh, they found the website djdan.am. Hell yeah. Uh, which was a website for a radio station DJ who specialized in conspiracy theories. Perfect. Uh, who was currently focusing on Alvar Hanzo. Uh, and releasing podcasts about it. Okay. They're doing a really bad job of getting ahead of this. <laughs> They're just posting on their main website. I sure hope nobody clicks here. Yeah. <laughs> um Yeah. So he had a he had a podcast archive uh where he had like conspiracy of the month. Um and like links to a bunch of conspiracy websites, um, and he had like photos of like different directors of the Hanzo Foundation that said "Eyes on the Man." Uh, he also had a merch store uh, <laughs> where you could buy DJ Dan T-shirts. Hell yeah! You could actually like you could actually buy them, but they were listed. Cat, <sighs> I truly if if you're running an ARG. Put out a merch page. Just yeah. let people would <laughs> look. If I was playing this ARG, I would have bought a DJ Dan T-shirt. You know what I mean? Yeah. Someone, uh, someone put together a podcast minds bingo sheet, and one of the spots was Andrew tries to sell out as hard as possible, and I, <laughs> I think that gets a bad rap. I think you know what? If you got a place where you could sell out, commit to the bit, sell out, sell your DJ Dan T-shirts. I'm with you. I think they should have had conspiracy radio t-shirts. Absolutely. <laughs> like, I would have bought one. Uh, they also had just, like, real ads on the website for, like, Sprite and stuff. Okay. <laughs> um, there was also uh, part four of Gary Troop's interview uh, was released. I was on a page that collected all of them, and then I... Uh, lost the page. <laughs> um, uh, part four of the Gary Troop interview was released and on uh, bookseller sites, and also Persephone uh, put a short message up on her sub page of the Hanzo Foundation site that said "Standby" in ASCII text. Okay. Um. Then on the seventeenth. Uh, parts five and six of Gary Troop's interview were found. Um, <laughs> notably, this was supposed to be a nine-part interview, and they never found the last three parts. Oh, damn. Okay. And I I believe one of like, the people who worked on it straight up was like, yeah, they didn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> Doing the ARG equivalent of launching pigs with uh one two and four written on them through this high school yeah oh boy <laughs> so yeah so they found the the last three parts of this they thought there were three more but they never dropped um <laughs> one of the um 
photos on the Electromagnetic Research Initiative page uh, changed, the date on it changed to say October 62, 9291. Um, and the upper left of the picture would display coordinates of your uh, of where your cursor was um, on the page. And if you aligned your cursor at the coordinates X uh, 629, Y 291, uh, you would get a hidden link called letyourcompassguideyou.com. Okay. Uh, letyourcompassguideyou.com was sponsored by Jeep. <laughs> okay. You will, notice, you will notice that it's a running theme that all of these spinoff websites are sponsored. <laughs> How do we get jeep to sponsor man did did lost poison the well on all these companies sponsoring args for us i feel like yeah damn um and it it did have a a compass that uh tracked your tracked your mouse um and when the needle when you made the needle point to 108 degrees um there uh, a piece of parchment would appear in the background with different degree and radian markings. Um, and if you clicked on the 108 degrees uh, marking, it would take you to a terminal page that's, that had the prompt, do you believe YN? Um, and if you typed Y, it would send you to a subfolder um, that said connected to openers HEP, which was an anagram for Persephone. Okay. Um, you could also click on two other degrees on the compass, which brought you to an admin folder, uh, which I don't believe they had the password for yet. Um, but in Persephone's folder, uh, there were home folders for various uh, Hanzo Foundation employees. Uh, only a couple of them were accessible. Um, some of them just redirected to pages on the Hanzo Foundation website. Um, and it also came with a security notice uh, that said the system is for the use of authorized users only. Individuals using this computer system without authority or in excess of their authority are subject to having all of their activities on the system monitored and recorded by system personnel. Okay. Uh, there was a Hugh McIntyre file... Uh, which contained a bunch of files supposedly belonging to uh, Hugh McIntyre. Uh, there was a mail folder within that that uh, <laughs> the first thing in there was a Jeep Wrangler ad. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, <laughs> that had a numerical code on it that read missing organs. <laughs> okay. Uh, there was a YouTube uh, video that was a old Jeep Wrangler ad that had text in it that was an anagram for the mouthpiece. Okay. Uh, there was a cutout of the Bad Twin newspaper ad uh, that, that Hanzo had read uh, that had a, a bunch of letters written on the back, including the phrase, if you are one, no one. Um, and there was a picture of Peter Thompson's signature uh, from the Global Welfare Consortium memo, uh, which when people compared it to a different image, uh, 
which wait, had they gotten this yet? Yeah. Um, they compared it to a different image, uh, of his signature on the site and they found that, um, it was not the same signature. Okay. Uh, and it had a, it had a note on it that said, doesn't match. (laughs) Okay. Uh, there was also a file on DJ Dan, uh, which had a couple YouTube videos of his podcasts. Uh, they found that the first one had some screen caps of Lostpedia in it as just like a cool shout out uh, <laughs> to be like, hey, thanks for playing our arg. <laughs> um, there was also a code uh, that led to a web ad for the Jeep Compass and the the code translated to 2007 Jeep Compass. Of course. Uh Uh-huh. There was a folder on Peter Thompson from the Hanzo Foundation, uh, which had uh, screen caps of a fleet contract, which I think was for a fleet of ships. Okay. Um... That he, that they had signed, uh, it also had his inbox, um, that had binary code in it that translated to the mouthpiece, um, some requests for proposal, um, that was like several pages and a contract rescindment. Oh, silly me, it was for a fleet of jeeps, not a fleet of ships. Of course. (laughs) I forgot that jeep sponsored this. Dodoy. (laughs) (laughs) um and uh so it had this proposal it had an like acceptance of the proposal and then uh an email that said like due to recent events we wish to rescind our fleet contract with the hanzo foundation (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so there's also a trash folder and a admin folder which they found the uh the way to access that was the username was WTK and the password was the mouthpiece, which they had gotten twice. Um, there was a movie in there that had a YouTube video of a very, like, audio video distorted guy telling the viewer that he was going underground. Um, and a link to a Jeep page. <laughs> Okay. I love that all of these spin-off websites are are sponsored. It's really good. Yeah, I guess if you're going to publish a book and get on all this stuff, then, like, yeah, having sponsored ARG pages is going to hit hard. Like, I guess you'd need to, right? (laughs) I, Uh, God, I'm so curious about this ARG and its budget, because, like, this is like the Audi one, but, like... I don't know. I'm like, I feel like the Audi one is very much a, here is the budget for this set by the company. Do your ad campaign. We will like losses and costs will be recuperated by the fact that we're going to like use the fact that we're going to win out of the year. And you know what I mean? Like blah, blah, blah. I'm really curious where something like this comes in where like this budget has to be massive and it's funded by sponsored ads and stuff like this. Like, I, I I'm talking out of my ass, but like this feels like it's got to be a 
at least multi-million dollar investment in this ARG, right? Yeah, I'm like, so I'm curious if they like... Like coming and going, you know? Yeah, I like I'm curious if they went to the writers and we're like, okay, write us like something, like write us a treatment for this, like propose to us what you want to do with this like interactive thing and then like we'll find the budget for you to do that or like what like what the process of making this was and maybe you know maybe i'm exaggerating because for me i just assume that jeep doesn't like get out of bed for anything less than two million dollars you know you know like yeah i i assume maybe it's just that they're all just like yeah twenty thousand dollars to put the site together or something like that that feels way too low for me on a corporate level chain but you know maybe i'm over exaggerating because i think bigger companies just always spend more money but like jesus right like coming and going this has to be we're we're we're, like we're working together with jeep and the coca-cola company at this point and abc one of the like big three telecom companies on what is one of the biggest smash hits in television just like as a whole in the past few years mm-hmm. i miss when tv shows were just allowed to do this kind of fucking thing it's wild yeah and like i don't know netflix will be- netflix won't give you a season three you know they're not like pulling out the stops to do any kind of ad campaign Unless you're Stranger Things, they're not doing shit. Yeah. I mean, they did do it extremely well. Yeah. Netflix doesn't do a whole lot. Netflix is weird. They just don't advertise their stuff. Then they're just like, I wonder why this failed. Yeah. They're also just like, this is a smash success. What an incredible show. It's great to have this. And the next week, they're just like, yeah, we're not bringing it back for season two. It didn't do well at all. (laughs) And it's just like, Jesus, you just like lie out of both sides of your mouth on this one, don't you? Yeah, they did do a Stranger Things arc, but it was like entirely at Baskin Robbins. (laughs) I remember that. How did that work? Um, It was like a, they had like a partnership with Baskin Robbins for season three because of the ice cream shop yeah. in the show. Yeah. And then they like put like decals in Baskin Robbins's that had like code ciphers on them. And like people could solve those and like be directed to a website where they had some kind of like fun, like argued stuff, I guess. Okay. I don't know. Hmm. More shows should do arcs like this again, where they're just, like, ridiculously high budget and absolutely incomprehensible to people who haven't consumed the show. (laughs) (laughs) I think think more official arcs need to be completely inaccessible to new players. Oh, Arcs boy. need to gatekeep the thing that they're for. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so, uh, they, we, so the players also found that if you entered uh, the mouthpiece in on the executive bios page, uh, Hugh McIntyre, uh, his picture had been changed to a question mark. And it would load uh, some images from the top of the screen uh, that were basically 
uh, receipts on Hugh McIntyre having a mistress that Persephone had put on the uh, on the website. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine being so extra that you expose a guy for cheating on his wife via like someone has to type in a secret password on his website. <laughs> <laughs> and then you just do like a, a data dump. <laughs> oh man. Uh on the on May 18th, uh Persephone added a clue on her subpage, uh, which was base 64, which translated to an anagram of a mouse does not rely on just one hole. Okay. Uh and it was found that uh, in Lost, the map uh, in the the like Dharma map of like the different Dharma facilities on the island had that same phrase on it uh, in Latin. Okay, so this is definitely during or after season two. Yes, I I think this is between seasons two and three. Okay, Hang looking on. at the, I can actually tell you. Looking at the date, I think this is during the season. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Um, the game launched like in an episode, right? Uh, it launched on TV. Okay, yeah, it started at like towards the very end of season two. Okay, it started. Um, yeah, it started during season two, episode twenty. Okay, so it was live for like the last five episodes of season two, and then I think. Um, into it ended like right before season three started. Gotcha. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, keep them yeah. involved. Yeah. Uh, and then find eight fifteen was in between seasons three and four, and then I think the Dharma one was in between four and five, maybe. Okay. Um, and then they just like stopped doing args. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah. So they got that clue. Uh. They didn't know the significance of it until later. Uh, May 19th, uh, they found that Peter Thompson on the Hanzo executives page, uh, his photo now had flashing letters behind it that spelled out survivor's guilt. Uh, and if you typed them on the page, uh, you would get a message from Persephone with some information that she had on Thompson. Uh, saying that in 1994, he had defended the a tobacco company against a class action suit um, on behalf of cancer victims, uh, and he drove over 40 uh, of those plaintiffs into bankruptcy. Uh, he also defended a oil company uh, for dumping carcinogenic industrial waste in Florida. Um, and he defended a nuclear power plant. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. So this guy sucks. <laughs> yeah. Not a big fan. Yeah. God. Uh, and then a message popped up saying, I work for criminals. Always have, always will. Okay. Under his, like, his little picture. Um, and there's a message from... Uh, Persephone also that said, "Look like looks like Alvar Hanso saved the wrong guy." Hmm. Hmm. All right. Um. 
Then on the on um May twenty first, Persephone uh her message on her page now read two. Um and people found that there was now a page called whole two uh dot the Hanso Foundation dot org. Uh, taking the clue, a mouse does not rely on just one hole. Okay. Um, and bu- 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 um, and they found that on that page was a image of a faceless man. Ugh. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Um, and I guess that was all the information they had. It's just a picture of the guy. Oh no! Wait, here it is. Uh, yeah. So that was how they found the subdomain. I think that um, the file name of this became important later because the file name was in a cipher. Um, and I think that they ended up needing this later. Um, and that was like the the thing that they were supposed to get. Like the faceless guy wasn't really relevant to anything. Okay. Um, <laughs> That's good. I don't want to deal with faceless dudes. As little, yeah, as little as I can handle, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> Um, and they also, there was an announcement that, uh, Hugh McIntyre of the Hanzo, uh, communications director fame, uh, was going to appear for realsies on, uh, the Jimmy Kimmel show. Okay. If, (laughs) if I remember right, Jimmy Kimmel was a huge Lost fan. Yes, correct. Like, okay. He's going to get a a real fake interview with the real fake guy, huh? Yes. Uh, And he appeared on the 24th. Oh, God. It's like in abysmal quality. (laughs) But I found it. Hell yeah. 240p. Um, The Hanso Foundation remains a mystery. No one knows what it is. No one knows why they're running commercials on ABC. Are they running the island there? Uh, to answer those questions, we've actually we got contact with uh, the Hanso Foundation uh, spokesman. He's the communications director. His name is Hugh McIntyre, and he's coming to us live now from Copenhagen and Hanso Foundation headquarters. Hello there, Mr. McIntyre. Thank you for taking time to do this. Yes, my pleasure. Good morning. Good morning, Mr. Kimmel. Did you get a chance to see the big finale tonight? <laughs> I-, I assume you're talking about Lost. No, no, I was actually talking about American Idol. You know, yeah, of course, Lost. Do you, you watch Lost? You know, actually, I, I've seen it, uh, I think, once, and I found it extremely confusing. God, Jimmy Kimmel looks so young here. This is a fucking insane interview. Sorry, I just listened to, like, the first 30 seconds of it. They're talking about the show Lost. He's talking about the actual show Lost to this fictional character who exists in the Lost universe. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, I will listen through to the rest of that and probably put some of it in the episode itself. Yeah, he's like, he like, at, he's like, why, why are you running commercials during Lost? And like, he, the, this guy playing Hugh McIntyre, a fictional character in, in the world of Lost, was like, well, because people think that we have something to do with this TV show, and we don't. We're a real science organization. It's so <laughs> funny whenever you get like, uh, I, I've seen this happen where you'll get like someone that wants to talk to people about like a, th- a project that they're working on in a meta sense, but then the people that are interviewing them just want to be like, so what's going to happen on lost? 
And like, yeah, he, like they're just like, we're trying to like, I'm here to talk about like the concept of screenwriting, like how we construct the show, how this all happens. I'm, I'm not here to talk about is, is, you know, Kate going to end up with Sawyer or Jack? Like, I, I feel like I heard this a couple times in like baseball interviews too, where like the team was like, yeah, we want to talk about like how the splurt happens. And people were just like, so tell me about the nut. And they're just <laughs> like, we don't, we're not here to tell you what's going to happen in the story that's currently unfolding. I'm here to talk about it. I don't know. It's a weird, it, it, I get the same vibe of Jimmy Kimmel here where he's like, tell me about the show that I love. And the guy's like, we're all here to do a bit and you're the one that's not like playing along right now. Yeah, it's weird because he's like playing into the bit also. Like he says that he tried to watch Lost, but it's too confusing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, never mind. That's like, great. Like he says like everything on Lost is completely fictional and uh, the Dharma Initiatives found uh, their funding was cut in 1987, <laughs> <laughs> so like they they couldn't have had anything to do with with anything like is happening on Lost. Uh, he also uh, is asked about having an affair, and he denies it. Uh, and he says that like a video that Persephone put up of him cheating on his wife wasn't him. <laughs> <laughs> It was a deep fake. <laughs> oh, man. I just love this fictional organization that only exists in Lost being like, no, the show that we're from is fictional. <laughs> we, and we don't have anything to do with it. God. Oh, man. Um, but that same night, uh, a uh, the Hanzo Foundation aired more ads on, uh, on ABC. Um... There was also uh, the Hanzo Foundation added a um, a careers page where you could apply for job openings within the Hanzo Foundation. Uh, there were five jobs available. Um, they were uh, personal assistant to Thomas Middlework, organ courier, art therapist slash psychologist, Simeon Veterinarian and Anger Management Director. <laughs> uh, the Anger Management uh, Manager is also for the chimpanzee uh, because orang- orangutan, uh, because orangutans don't like it when you keep them alive for 105 years, it turns out. <laughs> um, if uh, there was also uh, each job description had certain letters that were grayed out. Uh, that turned out to be an anagram for inmate asylum. Uh, and if you entered, uh, if you selected the uh, the text of each job description, that you would find a hidden link to the executive bios of the uh, board of directors, uh, which now required a login and password. Um, and, and you could log in with, uh, the password inmate asylum, uh, okay. and it divulged some information on the board of directors. Neat. Yeah. So people found, uh, the Hanzo Foundation board of directors, uh, which had little messages from Persephone with all the images. Uh, there was Jacob Vanderfield, who uh, had been arrested by the FBI. 
for taking bribes from a Chinese cigarette smuggling syndicate. Okay. Uh, there was Liddy Wales, who had no notes from Persephone. There was Dick Cheever, uh, who also had no notes. Yeah, I got no notes either. <laughs> there was Lawrence Peck, who did time for insider trading. Um, there was Bill Flood, who didn't have any notes. And there was Sam Hicks, who also did not have any notes. Uh, HanzoCareers.com their uh the job page was also sponsored by monster.com okay it got monster used to be fucking huge yep it didn't have any obvious product placement though so not as fun as the jeeper sprite ones okay it wasn't a secret job that's gonna jump out and get you no. Okay. Um, but the the Hanzo Foundation ads that were run during uh, the airing of Lost that night uh, did say that they were sponsored by Monster.com. I, I was going to say, what are you talking about? There's no, they have a whole job application site up for Hanzo Careers. That's the <laughs> ad. Those are probably Monster listings. Yeah, true. <laughs> uh, on... May 25th, uh, Subliminal was updated to uh, be mostly advertisements. Uh, but there were. <laughs> okay. There were two new things from the game. Uh, one was a audio fragment of DJ Dan, the conspiracy theory DJ. Right. <laughs> uh, talking about students making electromagnetic super weapons. And uh, talking about uh, the connections between the Hanzo Foundation and the Widmore Company. Um, and one talking about uh, the character Persephone from Greek mythology. Okay. Um, there was also a message hidden in the source code uh, from Persephone that said, Look on the plane, namaste. Uh, and it referenced the fact that you could uh, you could click like a little image of a plane on the page um, to get like DJ Dan recordings. Okay. Uh, there was also a ad for Bad Twin uh, published in USA Today titled The Book That the Hanzo Foundation Does Not Want You to Read. Uh, and it was an ad from Hyperion Books uh, defending, uh, the alle- defending themselves against the allegations from the Hanzo Foundation. Jesus, all right. <laughs> it's so funny that part of this arg features uh, two corporations, one of which is fake and one of which is real, taking out attack ads in the newspaper. Yeah, it's (laughs) in, like, real-ass newspapers, too. Yep. (laughs) As opposed to all the fake newspapers, you know. But, like, (sighs) Jesus. It's wild. Like, I don't have words for this because it's just, like, so far above anything we've really seen before. The, the like, the closest one, unless I'm drastically forgetting something, the closest one was, like, um, was Audi, Art of the Heist. And even yeah. then, all of their stuff is just, like, we're here, like, we'll buy cell phones. But, like, we're here talking about our cars. This is our stuff. Like... I don't know. This this is so at at some point this is an it's an arg that like other companies are buying into so that they like it's sponsored by them. They're buying into being 
it's not lost being advertised here. It's monster sticking itself to lost, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's wild that this is like becoming an ad campaign for everything involved, not just itself. Yeah. I also like, I don't know. It's like, I, I know that lost was like a huge phenomenon at like the height of it. And this is like reaching the height of it at this point. But it's, like, crazy that they got the go-ahead to do all this stuff. That was, like, pretty, I think at this point, explicitly for, like, fans of the show and not, like, getting them a lot of new viewers. Like, I don't know, I'd be interested to see, like, the numbers on how many people actually started watching the show because of this. Like, and, like, I know that... Lost was like reaching the height of its popularity while this was happening, but it's like crazy to me to like try and imagine a TV show doing this today. Yeah, I yeah, it's it's wild. And I I don't know how you get I think part of it is that like cable used to put up so much more numbers than any mm-hmm, television mm-hmm, show mm-hmm. that you see today. And so Lost at its peak was way bigger than like anything else you could attach yourself to for advertising that wasn't like, I don't know, monster.com doesn't advertise on Coke cans, you know? Like, so I guess ABC was kind of their, like a big ticket thing you could attach yourself to. So it's wild that they're even willing to do that for a big ARG like this. We're like, I don't know. I know that we've, we've talked, we talked some shit, but even saying like, this is just for fans of lost. That's a good chunk of people, you know? Yeah. I'm like, it's also crazy to me that, like, cable has fallen so far and, like, serialized television has, like, fallen so far out of, like, the norm that it would be weird almost for, like, a company to drop this kind of arg today. Yeah, it's, yeah, I, I can't really imagine it unless, like, I'm trying to even think, like, nothing has the same kind of numbers that this does. And it's not, like, just that nobody watches cable tv anymore like it's nowhere near as huge as it used to be so the only things that would have these kind of numbers are like big live events you know like you could do a super bowl arg (laughs) that one would be weird because every ad you play costs eight million dollars or whatever but like (laughs) i don't know it's it's i don't know this is a weird artifact that I, i i agree with you i don't think you could do this today Technically, J.J. Abrams did do a Super Bowl arg. You you know what? He did, didn't he? He said, check yep. out my new movie. It launches tonight. But that was still, like, I feel like that was still back when a lot of people were watching TV instead of, like, streaming services. Like, I don't know, even, like, streaming services that have shows that go up week by week, like, I could not see any of them doing this. Yeah. Because... Also, nobody watches that shit to watch commercials. Yeah, exactly. I I was watching a uh, uh, Quentin Reviews has a, on YouTube has a really good like series that he's doing on Nickelodeon sitcoms. Uh, yes, and <laughs> I'm explaining more for the audience. I know that you've seen them too. <laughs> I'm familiar with it. <laughs> <laughs> I've lost days watching them, um, but he has a like eight hour video about the second half of victorious. Uh, but in it, he was talking about how like 
going into the project, he kind of had the assumption that like he watched these sitcoms and then he grew out of TV. And so that's why he doesn't really know what all happens next. Mm -hmm. And then in doing this project, what he's realized is that like, no, it wasn't an age thing. And it wasn't that he got too old to watch Nickelodeon. It's that he and everyone else stopped watching cable. Mm-hmm. And that's why all these like, you know, stations had to completely rethink their strategies. Um, I think it's interesting looking at like the way that television has changed and that these kind of events have changed. Cause like, yeah, this couldn't like, it's, it's weird to say this couldn't exist today because like it barely existed then it, ha- it, it existed this once or maybe three times with the, you know, but th- with this lost ARG and maybe the second one too. I, I don't know what's, what happened then exactly, but like, it's not like this was a thing that ever happened again. And I feel like lost was such a flashpoint that something like this could happen. I don't know how you would replicate it with anything else. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think like there were shows around the same time as lost that like, could have pulled it off to a smaller degree, and some of them did, or some of them tried. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was like the moment, and then after that, it was like, yeah, like cable is becoming obsolete, like streaming services, and uh, people don't. A lot of people don't watch a lot of shows week to week anymore. Yeah, and there's so much that, like, I don't know. Lost was lost, and it felt like yeah. everything that came after Lost was just trying to be lost and typically failing. And so I I feel like, like television shows went in two directions after this, which it was, you're trying to be the Sopranos or you're trying to be lost. And it was way easier to be the Sopranos and still be good than it was to be lost and still be good. And so that's kind of what's endured to this day overall in a vast sense. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I don't, and you can't like you, I, I don't think you could do this with breaking bad. Like, maybe, but I don't think the people involved in Breaking Bad are interested, and I don't think that the people that watch Breaking Bad are so lore-hungry to do something like this, either. Yeah, like, I feel like it says something where, like, the only TV shows I could, like, think of that could do args are, like, shows that have already ended (laughs) or, like, been cancelled. I mean, I guess, like, Dispatches from Elsewhere did, right? And, like, Westworld does some ARG stuff, but it's, like, really limited what they do. I think dis- and Dispatches from Elsewhere is kind of its own unique case, because that yeah, one's... Yeah, because it was, like, yeah, it's, like, based on... Yeah. And, like, it, it, yeah, and, like, Westworld does some ARG stuff, and, like, tons of people participate in it, but it's also just, like, not to this degree, like, there's very clearly not a lot of funding going into it like the last thing i remember them doing was like they made an interactive facebook bot hmm yeah i don't know it it, yeah it, it like feels like most of the big companies who pour a lot of money into this thing today are like video game companies i was gonna say that the only places you really see stuff like this are in video games but even those are like it's because you can program it as part of the game experience and then you're still like, like putting in all the work to make this is a team that is currently actively not making lost. Uh huh. Right. Um, 
you know, whoever's writing this is that is, is actively not making scripts right now, you know? Um, and I feel like the, the side of that is that like, if you're destiny two and you want to put a big interactive puzzle lore element into your game, that's just your next game release, you know? Yeah. Like and enough people buy in and do it that the whole community can move forward and benefit from it. But like, that's just what destiny is for these two weeks or whatever. Yeah. And like some people inevitably are not going to be interested in that. And then like, you're going to lose interaction with your game. Yeah. And, and, and in those elements, it's like, they still have other destiny they can play. You know what I mean? Like that's with a, with a live service game. It's just like, great. I'll just do the old missions. They're still fine. They're still what I've been playing for the past six months. I can handle two more weeks of it or whatever. Yeah, it's like it's interesting that like companies don't take risks on stuff like this anymore even though like a lot of them in the early 2000s were like proven to be very successful and like won advertising awards. Yeah, I don't know. I I do wonder if there's like a I don't know, there's a there's a bit of a shift where it's like I don't really for me personally I don't really care if my ads are winning awards. Yeah, What exactly. I want my ads to do are put butts in seats. Like, I can have subliminal ads all day if it'll sell sprites. You know? Yeah. I don't. I don't need a good ad when I can have one that just sells my stuff. And like, and frankly, you know, what are commercials nowadays? You don't. I, I don't watch commercials. I, I. Yeah. The only like the only time people really like sit down and actually watch commercials is again during the super bowl yeah and like how do you launch an air how do you how do you launch an arg trailhead in the first five seconds of a youtube ad before someone skips it you know yep i don't know that's a big it's a big long tangent uh i so okay here's the thing i wonder as like someone who had a family member who worked in advertising around this time yeah I wonder how much of this dropped off around, like, the economic crisis. Because that was, like, 2008, mm. right? That Yeah, that was uh, that was 08. Shit, are we on to something? Did, I, did, I did think the, we might Did the financial be. crisis kill ARGs? I think, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm just, like, thinking about it. And I think, like, probably what happened was the financial crisis happened. Um People had less money to spend. Companies had less money to spend. And let go a shitload of people. They let go a shitload of people. They pivoted a lot of their advertising towards, like, what is going to make people buy things the fastest instead of, like, what is something conceptually interesting we can do to, like, get people interested. And then I feel like that's kind of a bit on the upswing nowadays. As companies yeah. are trying to compete on TikTok and other, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but they also don't have money right now. Like, huh? <laughs> I think we cracked the code, Marn. I think we did. We looked inside the box and it said four, eight, fifteen, sixteen, twenty-three, forty-two. <laughs> we looked at the box and it just said the economy. <laughs> <laughs> That's what kicked all this off. Uh, someone forgot to type the numbers into the computer in the hatch. <laughs> and uh, that happened like four or five years ago. And everything else has been a result since then. 
Oh my god. <laughs> Has the world I mean, felt real since since uh, Desmond didn't put the numbers in the box? Has the world felt real since then? I don't think it has. I think Lost true. is a documentary. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yep. What is a podcast but making your own kind of music, Marn? <laughs> this feels like a good place to stop talking about the Lost experience for the evening. <laughs> <laughs> Now that we've cracked the code yeah. and found out that uh, capitalism is responsible for the death of art. <laughs> <laughs> well, shit, we didn't need to record for two hours to get to that one. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I now that we're, we're set up and through May, uh, let's pick up with June uh, next time. Yeah. I feel like we covered a lot less of the plot of this arc so far, but I think that we also got into some interesting setup stuff. So I'm curious to see where this goes from here. I'm also very curious. Well, (laughs) hell yeah. Um, In that case, uh, what do you say that we get into our recommendations for the episode? Let's do it. Hell yeah. Uh, Marn, what have you been up to? Uh, So speaking about uh, capitalism, (laughs) speaking of capitalism, (laughs) Uh, Alyssa and I have been watching Severance, and it's really good, and everybody should watch it. It just ended. Now, is uh, that more of an is that more of a Lost or more of a Breaking Bad or a Sopranos? I would call it more of a Lost. It is science fiction. Okay. Um, have you haven't watched it? I assume. Um, uh, no, but I I have a gist of the premise. Can you hit me with it? Tell me tell me what's yeah. good about it. So the the premise is that it is set at a uh, a biotech corporation where some of the workers work on a special floor where they undergo this uh this brain surgery procedure um to basically sever their um their like at home self from their work self um so when they're at work they don't remember anything from their like daily life outside of work. And when they leave, they then don't remember anything that they've done at work. Okay. And so they just Um, like, (laughs) it's, it's quite literally like, ah, time for work, Andrew to come out. I'm at the. Yes. (laughs) Huh. Okay. It is. Yeah. It is quite literally like, Oh, I like, I go to work. I go down the elevator and like the next thing you remember is you're going back up the elevator it's the end of the day huh so is this a is this more of a like dealing with the disconnect between people who they are at home and who they are at work explicitly as two separate people or is this more of a like the company's got dark secrets and we're trying to figure them out type deal it's both okay (laughs) okay Uh, yeah, it's both. Um, it's really good. I'm enjoying it a lot. It has, um, a lot of, like, the first couple, like, the first episode, at least, is very, like, surface level exploring the concept, and then it gets, like, deeper and deeper into it, and you find out, like, more and more about the company, and, like, about the characters, and, like, why they chose to have this procedure, and, like, the sort of dichotomy between like how they act outside of work versus like who they are inside the office. Um, and it's really good. I'm like trying not to spoil things. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Um, but yeah, it's really good. Uh, Adam Scott plays the main character. He's really good on it. Um, John Turturro is like one of the secondary characters and it's like fucking incredible. Uh, Christopher Walken is in it. Ooh, and is... plays his love interest. <laughs> Turturro's? Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. It's, yeah, it's really good. Their oh, subplot is really good. Is it like, shit, is it like a literal, like, work husband deal? So, like, sp- I'm not- literally, specifically, because, like, is the, oh, it's my yeah. work wife, but it's like, oh, no, like, if you don't remember who you are outside, and then you do start, like, I don't know, Jim and Pam in the office, except they uh-huh, don't have uh-huh, Jim and Pam uh-huh. at home. <laughs> yeah. You could be married at home, and then also... And, huh, okay, yes. okay, I need to check this show out. This is wild. Okay. Yeah, uh, also Michael Chernis, who plays the the brother in Patriot, is in it, and he's really good at oh, it. Oh, okay, cool. Hell yeah. Yeah, it's it's good. Hell <laughs> Go yeah. watch it. Cool. It's on it's uh, only like, Apple TV, right? Yeah, it's on Apple TV. It's only nine episodes, and it the first season just ended. So, okay. Yeah, everybody go watch it. Cool. Well, maybe they'll get a second season and not a third. Yeah. Um, I was just like, I was thinking of it earlier because I was like, what like TV shows that I'm watching right now do I wish we're doing like large sprawling like ARG type things? This one actually did though. They published. Severance uh, could. That'd be cool. Yeah. They published like a, a book that has like basically like a bonus story um, for like the universe of the show. Neat. Yeah. Um, it's good. Cool. <laughs> Go watch it. Hell yeah. Uh, it's apparently influenced by the Stanley Parable, the game. Oh, hell yeah. I love that game. So perfect. Yeah. That's my recommendation this week. Check out the Stanley Parable. It rules. Um, Isn't it getting like new uh, DLC or whatever? Uh, is it? I don't know. They're getting like a, they're putting out like a deluxe edition or something like next week, I think. <laughs> oh, shit. Marn, guess what? Andrew, what's up? It's no longer December. Oh, yeah. And I know that that doesn't... I don't know why that took you uh-huh. by surprise. Uh, I know that doesn't sound like much. Um, but let me scroll down to the Stanley parable. That means... Oh, you got the achievement? I should get the achievement. Don't play the Stanley parable for five <laughs> years. It's called Go Outside. I'm eligible to earn that now. Hell yeah. Um yeah, check out the Stanley Parable. Um, <laughs> my actual recommendation uh, is uh, I'm going to cheat and just tell you all about the new network, I think, if that if Martin thinks that's a good idea. Yeah. Uh, so we are pivoting the orange groves, basically. Uh, long story short, Joe is pretty burnt out on podcasting and has decided to uh leave podcasting and uh basically wanted to get away from the network side of things and so as a result we are uh it not even re pivoting relaunching transitioning whatever you'd want to call what we're doing to the network uh rebranding feels a little too corporate but it's basically what we're doing uh but the network that used to be the orange groves is now uh, the Moonshot Network, which Marn and I are, we haven't worked out a word for it, but we are on the board of, I guess, is uh, where we would put it. Does that sound about right to you? Yeah, more or less. Yeah, we're, we're, 
I don't want to be too corporate, but we are uh, founding board members of this podcast network with equitable stake. No, um, <laughs> no, but we are uh, basically repivoting and relaunching the, the network as a uh, more collectively based network so that one person doesn't have to bear the brunt of networking at all. Uh, and we hope that y'all want to keep coming along with us. Um, with that in mind, uh, one of the things that I'm doing is kind of heading up as a creative director position style deal. I don't know what to call it, but, um, I am part of the process of finding new shows to come on the network. So if you're a podcaster uh, or think that you could be one, uh, feel free to reach out to me and let me know. Um, shoot us an email at moonshotnetwork at gmail.com. And I want to hear about show pitches you have or shows that you have that you think might want to join the network. Uh, Start talking with us. Uh, We want to build and grow and make Moonshot really cool. So uh, come punch a moon with us. Let's blow that thing to bits. Yeah. Also, we're doing a stream in May. I'm doing a lot of production stuff for it <laughs> <laughs> i mean we haven't we haven't announced it yet so uh, be a, uh just keep an eye out keep i'm it. very excited about it <laughs> <laughs> we've been we've been y'all have been planning a stream that has kind of at the last minute shifted into a relaunch stream for the network so that should be cool i'm really excited for yeah. it i am super super excited we have been working on some of the the stuff that we're going to do on it since the beginning of February, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I am very excited for uh, it to be out in the world. <laughs> I, I still keep wanting to call it by its old name, but that was very TOG related. So I'm just like, yeah. well, it's definitely not named that anymore. Uh, but I'm very excited for brackets, the May stream, close bracket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whatever that gets renamed just- to. <laughs> right now and we haven't even announced the date yet this might be the first that anybody ever hears of it well so uh keep an eye out yeah uh so yeah there's my recommendation uh the cool new podcast network that's the same old cool podcast network uh come join the moonshot it'll be great yeah yeah hell yeah on that note i think that that's going to do it for us so if you want to get a hold of us, you can uh, find us on Twitter. We are at Argonauts Pod. Otherwise, you can get a hold of us separately. I am at co-host Sherms. I am at Corp Survivors. And if you want to support the show, you can do so on Patreon. We are at uh, dot com. if you want to find our Patreon. Uh, otherwise, you can go to Patreon and search for the Argonauts Podcast like everyone else. Um, yeah, um, I believe by the time that this is out, uh, ArgonautsPod.com will not be operational for the moment. Will it not? Because uh, the, the Orange Grove site is down, right? Oh, did that just redirect to that? Yeah. Gotcha. Um, okay, then I will say, uh, keep an eye out. We will have a new website launching soon uh, once we get moonshot up and running more uh please pardon our moon dust right now but uh that'll be up as soon as we can get it up and uh yeah other than that uh, you can still get a hold of us uh if you want to just talk to us about args and not moonshot or just tell us your weird brand stories uh shoot them our way at argonauts podcast at gmail.com 
Uh, that's going to be the best way to get a hold of us. If you want to use more than what's Twitter up to nowadays, 280 characters, 260. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to get more than that, shoot us an email. Uh, it'll help f- filter out all of the spam we get. Um, <laughs> it's so much. I, re- I recently went in and like organized our entire uh, email <laughs> address. And there was a lot of spam in there that we had not deleted. Yeah. Bless you, Martin. I, once once a thing gets filled with too much spam, I'm just like, I can't look at this right now. Um, I'm going to edit a lot of this because I lost the plot somewhere. But until next time. That's args, baby. Baby.